Hello Cleveland, welcome to another episode of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey. As always, got my co-host Jackson McCurry along with me here today. Jack, man, how we doing? How was your weekend? It was good, man. Um, hope yours was good also. Uh, was in Columbus over the weekend, went to the Morgan Wallen concert at Ohio Stadium. That was a phenomenal show. Uh, last week saw Nickelback and Brantley Gilbert at Blossom. That was another phenomenal show, but uh, good weekend. Nice little getaway with me and my girlfriend down in Columbus. Uh, enjoyed our time down there for the day and a half we were there. Um, how was your weekend? It was all right. You know, I, I worked all weekend. Today is like my official like start of the weekend, I guess, uh, being off today. So uh, I saw you did a 5K as well. Is that That's pretty, pretty impressive uh, and good. You beat your time that you wanted to get. So no, congrats are in order on that too. Yeah, yeah uh, also, and I thought I was going to die during the process, but uh, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> that was, uh, I, I never thought I was going to do one 5K, let alone do two in the same calendar year. But uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, me and my girlfriend agreed though to never do like a 5K on a day we're planning on doing a little trip. So uh, never going to do that again because we were dog tired uh, after yesterday and it probably contributed to why I didn't feel well. Uh, this morning and uh, subsequently called off work, but yeah, thank you for the uh, congrats on the 5k. That was uh, it was grueling, but it, it was good at the same time. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a lot to to do in one day what you did, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> I can definitely. only imagine how tired you are from that. But hey, you know, as long as it's a good time, you know, that's great. You said the concert was amazing, I'll ask you more about that when when we're done here, but um, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's uh we had a a few things to discuss here today. Obviously, we haven't talked since uh early last week, and you know the Browns had another preseason game where they played the Washington Commanders. Uh, a late comeback fell short, and they ended up losing the game seventeen to fifteen. Uh, they had a chance to tie it with a, a two point conversion, but did not get it. But Jack, the 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 main story of the game was uh you know seeing the starters get to play, or well, most of them. The the game was delayed for about ninety minutes or so, uh, but because of a thunderstorm that that rolled through Cleveland, and we were wondering if you know the the starters were still going to you know go out there after the rain delay and, and still you know get some practice in and you know for the offense, uh, Deshaun Watson was out there for for one series. Uh, it ultimately ended up you know turned the ball over on downs, but uh, the defense you know, was out there for a couple series uh, and, and looked pretty good. So we got to see uh, some good things. So we're going to do kind of like we, we did last week where we kind of talked about, you know, what we uh, what we like, what we didn't like, uh, and go from there. So let's start with the offense because this has been the big talking point all offseason uh, because of, you know, Deshaun Watson, the contract and, and everything. And, you know, them bringing Elijah Moore into the fold. And, you know, we kind of got to see a little bit last Friday of some of the possible things that they could do in this offense. And I will say that that, that first drive that they had looked a lot smoother uh, than anything that we saw last season uh, from the Browns, including the preseason game where Deshaun played. Uh, that was just a, a rough day. but. You know, things look relatively smooth, and I, you know, can't help but get excited as, you know, they didn't have Chubbin, they didn't have Batonio in there, uh, they didn't have Amari Cooper, but you know, they still were able to, to move the ball pretty well. 
uh, on offense. And, you know, I would tend to say Deshaun looked a lot more comfortable uh, than he did at any point last season. Yeah, definitely. And they did not like hide anything. Usually you keep it very vanilla uh, in terms of offense and defensive scheme, but the Browns did not hide anything. Anthony, we we saw the very first play, Elijah Moore lined up in the backfield alongside Deshaun Watson and they give him the ball and it's an 18 yard run. Now, obviously Moore goes out with a rib injury and we haven't heard anything bad. And they said it's a day to day thing. So at least there's nothing cracked or broken. We're presuming, um, but they they showed what this offense is capable of lining up more in a variety of ways, whether it's receiver or as potentially a running back alongside him. But yeah, I thought Watson looked a lot more comfortable. Obviously he was under a little duress from the Washington defensive front. We know how good and sometimes great they can be, but Watson showed his ability to, you know, be mobile and, you know, make plays with his legs and the Browns marched down the field. Obviously they couldn't punch it in for a touchdown, but you saw, what this offense has the potential to do with missing three of their key cornerstone pieces, like you said, in Chubb, Batonio, and Cooper. But yeah, I thought the Watson looked efficient. I thought they were able to execute, uh, show the variety of things that they can do with this offense. And, you know, while they couldn't punch it in, and I think if Nick Chubb was in there or if Amari Cooper was in there, they might have been able to put six on the board. But, you know, they gave you that sneak glimpse of, this is what this offense has the potential to do in 2023. Um, and then you just hope when it, the whole cast of characters is out there that they'll be able to put touchdowns on the board. I think it was the commander's game last year um, where I thought Watson looked like, you know, the quarterback that we kind of expected that I want to say yeah. that was the one where, you know, you could starting to see him scramble a little bit. You can see his ability, you know, running the ball a little bit more. And, you know, he definitely had that option. Yes. You know, or in the, the game on uh, Friday night, uh, you know, they gave him the option to run, which, you know, you really don't want your quarterback to, you know, take any sort of hits in the preseason, but, you know, he took off with the ball a few times. And, you know, I'll say this about, you know, stalling, you know, inside the 10 yard line there. You know, if you have Nick Chubb in, in there instead of, you know, John Kelly, you're probably scoring that touchdown nine out of ten times. But that also that, that last play on fourth down, it looked like a, a an option, and I don't think that he had the option to run it himself. If he did, it would have been a touchdown. Uh, I just think that, you know, they're trying to, you know, protect him in, in that aspect and not take a hit on that play. But, you know, he definitely looked a, a, a lot more uh, – relaxed out there uh, than, than what he did the yeah, majority of the time last year. So, you know, if the Browns are going to have success this season, it's going to be on him, and, and there's certainly that pressure there. And I, I think that, you know, with Elijah Moore, you know, we saw some of those glimpses, and, you know, we've heard about it all training camp uh, from, from the media, uh, you know, from the coaching staff and, and about how – you know, good he fits into this team. And if they're going to utilize him, you know, like what we saw on, on Friday night, then this this offense has a whole brand new dynamic. And I, I feel like, you know, when they drafted Anthony Schwartz, that might have been the idea that they had with the speed that he has to be able to do some of these things. And that's why they're giving him opportunity after opportunity. But because he hasn't been able to put together, you know, they go out and get a player like Moore who is able to 
uh, you know, come out of the backfield, run the ball out of the backfield, run routes uh, from any position, inside, outside, and it just gives this gives this offense a whole different dynamic. And a, a different dynamic is you know what they need to to not only you know pass and throw the ball downfield, but because they'll be able to do that, it opens up so many more running lanes uh, for Nick Chubb and his offensive line and the quarterback too. And when you have all these different options, it's it's it could potentially make this offense you know pretty scary. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the wrinkle to opposing defenses that Elijah Moore brings. I agree with you. I think when Andrew Barry drafted Anthony Schwartz, I think they had that role in mind. The thing between him and Elijah Moore is Elijah Moore is a more polished wide receiver. He's a great route runner, uh, backed it up with his production at Ole Miss where, you know, Anthony Schwartz just had a small sample size. It was used as more of a gadget player where Elijah Moore brings you the whole package. He's a great route runner and he gives you that flexibility and creativity on offense to where you can line him up in a variety of ways. And he doesn't have to be just a wide receiver like an Amari Cooper is or a Donovan Peoples Jones is or a David Bell. Moore is so much more electric and elusive that you can use him in those variety of ways. And I think, you know, that's part of the creativity and the expansion of the offense that Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski had in mind in this offseason to get a guy as electric as Elijah Moore is. Now you just have to hope and, you know, obviously he gets the rib injury. Can he stay durable for a 17 game season? He is very slight. He's, I think, five, nine, 175 pounds. You hope his body will be able to keep up, especially if you're lining him up in the backfield. Will he be able to take the hits from linebackers to stay durable? So I think we won't see that a lot. I think it'll be sprinkled in, but you're still going to use Elijah Moore the way teams probably saw him coming out of the draft at Ole Miss as the solid number two wide receiver with the ability to be a number one as well. Is there anybody else on the offensive side uh, that impressed you on uh, Friday night? Are you talking about like the entire game or just from the opening? Yeah. Yeah. The entire game now. I mean, I could make the case and say DTR just because he looks so smooth and seems so comfortable in this offense. And he showed it again in the third quarter, uh, you know, only had one incomplete pass through the touchdown. I'm going to say two wide receivers though, because I'll let you have your DTR. Cause I know you love him. Austin Watkins continues to be so impressive. Uh, the fact that we picked him up early in camp and coming out of the USFL, we didn't know what we were going to get out of him, but he's been great. And it just seems to keep stacking those good days. Like we talked about last week, Uh, Had six catches for 71 yards on eight targets last week. Uh, Just continues to impress. And, you know, the wide receiver position is going to be such a tough decision making for Andrew Barry and company when it comes down to the roster crunching. But I just I think Watkins has a case to make the 53 man roster. I think he has shown that he is progressively getting better each and every practice, each preseason game. He just looks so comfortable in this offense and seems to be a guy that Dorian Thompson Robinson trusts, Kellen Mond trusts. And even when he's had the opportunities with Deshaun Watson out there in practice, when Deshaun throws him the ball, Watkins continue to make plays. And speaking to guys that made plays, a lot of guys are people are down on David Bell. He had a good game on Friday night as well. 33 yards on three catches, uh, had the touchdown in the third quarter that, you know, made the game closer. I know people were down on David Bell. I know he doesn't have all the tools to be a great wide receiver, but I think he can be a good one. Uh, I know he'll be down on, on the back end of the depth chart in the wide receiver room, but I think David Bell has a potential role on this team 
as that, you know, third down, it's a third down and five. He can be a guy that gets you six or seven yards. We've seen guys in the past like that. Joe Jurevicious, Jarvis Landry, other like guys that will make clutch third down catches. And I think David Bell can be that guy. So I know everybody's kind of down on him just because he doesn't have that elusiveness and electricity that Elijah Moore has. But I still think David Bell has a role in this team moving forward. And I think he 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 showed that on Friday night. I appreciate that you left me, uh, DTR. Uh, <laughs> it's only because I've been talking about him like before the draft. So, uh, yeah, he, you know, DTR it just went out there, put together uh, another great uh, third quarter. Uh, you know, I was kind of bummed to see that they went to Kalamon in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I was kind of hoping DTR would play, you know, this whole second half. But, you know, I, 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 I think he's becoming pretty close, Jack, to maybe solidifying himself as the second quarterback on his team. I, I know they brought in Josh Dobbs, but I, I feel like if for whatever reason we had to go to a second quarterback, I would rather see DTR go in there um, than, than anybody else at this moment. So, you know, he, he just continues to make plays. Um, he seems to be really comfortable in this offense. And I, I, he gives you the, the, the real threat to, to run the ball too. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited for the kid, you know, I, you know, you know, hopefully there's really no reason to, for him to have an opportunity out there, but if he's given the opportunity at some point, I, I feel that he can certainly capitalize on it with the amount of experience that he had, you know, at UCLA being there for five years, being under Chip Kelly, uh, who, while it was a, a short time, you know, coached in the NFL, so I, I feel that DTR, you know, definitely has the, the capability to, uh, you know, be, be a decent quarterback if called upon uh, for whatever reason. There's another guy, too, that I thought had a good game, uh, and that was Miller Forsall. They recently re-signed him. Uh, he had four catches for 66 yards and, on four targets. Uh, you know, Harrison Bryant, you know, hasn't really been in there, and, you know, you have to wonder, you know, what the – the end of that tight end room is going to look like because they do have David Njoku, they do have Jordan Watkins or Jordan Akins. Uh, you have to wonder who maybe that that third tight end is going to be. Is it going to be Harrison Bryant? Uh, could it be Forsall? Zaire Mitchell? Uh, Payton had a, a few catches on uh, Friday night as well. He had three catches for 39 yards. So th- that third tight end spot. Jack, I think is going to come down to those three guys. And, you know, right now, you know, Forsall is really pushing his way in there since they re-signed him. Uh, I want to say that was, what, last week or the week before? Yeah, it was like right after we recorded last week. But, yeah, I mean, um, Harrison Bryant's out with an illness. No one knows exactly what it is, how long he's going to be out. But, yeah, right now you're watching Miller Forsall and Zaire Mitchell Payton fighting for that last tight end spot because we don't know the the status of Harrison Bryant at this point. Maybe he returns this week uh, in the joint practices against Philly in the game or something. But right now his, you know, status is unknown, much like a Marquise Goodwin in the wide receiver room. So you got to think they brought back Forrest Hall, who's been around the system from a lot, couple years ago, uh, familiar with the guys in the locker room. He's a big body at tight end can be that guy for special teams purposes, for blocking purposes. So, you know, he might have the inside track just because of his familiarity. Obviously, Mitchell Payton's been in the room um, since last season when he signed as an undrafted free agent. So that's going to be a key battle here down the stretch if Harrison Bryant can't go or 
if they decide to carry four tight ends on the roster, there's there's a possibility there as well. So uh, I, I feel safe in saying Forrest All, Mitch and Payton will be around in some form, whether it's the practice squad or the active roster. But uh, that's going to be a fun battle as well, because both have uh, put together some uh, good tape uh, these last couple of weeks in the preseason for sure. Before we move on to the defense, is there anything uh, offensively that you did not like on, on Friday? Um, You mentioned DTR being, you know, the backup quarterback. I did not like what I saw out of Josh Dobbs. Uh, I just didn't think he put together a good performance and uh, he might be saved just because they did fully guarantee his salary, even though it was like the vet minimum, but I did not like what I saw out of him. And then, uh, you know, you know, there's people saying John Kelly might get that third running back spot. He just did not have an impressive performance for me. Um, you know, obviously we'll we'll get to it in a little bit. They did add to the running back room, but uh, Kelly and Felton, you know, they've had their flashes, but have also struggled at times. So you kind of wonder, especially with Jerome Ford sidelined right now with the hamstring injury, like what are they going to do with that running back room? Obviously they did make an addition, but yeah, I wasn't overall impressed with the running game on Friday night. So those were the two uh, negative takeaways for me. Yeah, I pretty I pretty much had you know the the same thing too. Um, so you know, I, I like I said, I would much rather be you know have DTRs as a second guy. I, I'm sure you know Dobbs is probably safe, but if they have to put somebody in there, you know Dobbs could be the the third quarterback and have uh, you know put DTR in there. Um, in terms of the defense, though, I I think that the, this this is the fun part, right? Because we have had all these changes this off season to the defense. It started with a new defensive coordinator and Jim Schwartz. Uh, we signed, you know, a multitude of players. Uh, you know, we signed Okoronkwo. We we traded for uh, Zadarius Smith. Uh, we traded for or, or signed Juan Thornhill. Uh, you know, I, I know I'm not going to be able to name them all off the top of my head, but they made change, major changes to this defense. And uh, we got a little taste of uh, that defense on Friday night. And lo and behold, the first play, uh, defensive snap-wise, Okoronko gets in there and makes a tackle for loss. And he just completely ate up the tackle uh, with a swim move and sliced right in there to, to make a tackle for loss. And you're like, okay, here we go. And, and you could see... Uh, I want to say it was Washington's second drive where Washington had the holding call on first down uh, and then the Browns teed off, had a sack, and ended up being like third down and 30. And you're like, okay. And, and they still, you know, you know, sent pressure after that uh, on that play. So, you know, I don't think you can uh, be pretty excited about, you know, this defense and what – limited things we were able to see without, you know, Miles Garrett out there. Uh, you input Miles Garrett into this, you know, this defense uh, certainly has a, a huge new potential and uh, there's a, you know, de definite positive change uh, from last year to this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at the numbers, 35 dropbacks by Washington on Friday night, 16 pressures by the Browns defense. I thought the first team unit looked great. Okoronkwo and Zadarius Smith each had two pressures. Um, you know, they hit you in a variety of ways in terms of pressure. You know, Maurice Hurst, it was great seeing him get out there, um, getting a sack and 
are making a big play. And he's now one of my new favorite Browns just because he does the belly rub when he makes a big play, like a tackle for a loss or a sack. So I think that's hilarious and awesome. Um, but you've seen Ika getting after it. Isaiah McGuire generated some pressure. Um, Muhammad Diabante, which he's making a strong case to make this roster. And he may make it now with the news that came down over the weekend. But just seeing this defense and knowing what Jim Schwartz brings to the table in terms of pass rush, we got to see it on display Friday night against Washington. Um, you know, they couldn't bring it all together. I think they had four guys. They each had a half sack. So you would love to see them bring it all together. But the key piece out there wasn't out there in terms of Miles Garrett. He was the only one warming up during the, the uh, thunderstorm. Uh, he was out there. We knew he wasn't going to play, but he went and did a full workout during the uh, downpour at, at Cleveland Brown Stadium. So we know what the defense is going to bring to the table. We saw a short glimpse of it Friday night, but once they're out there at full strength, Anthony, we know how dangerous this defense can be uh, from up front to the back end. And we got to see a short glimpse. Now, obviously the backups gave up some touchdowns and you know, that wasn't the best, but just to see what this defense can bring in 2023 was damn sure. Nice to watch. Yeah, you, the, the backups gave up some touchdowns, and you could see how visibly upset Jim Schwartz was. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was. I, I I tweeted during the game. I'm like, we need to get John Boy on this to to lip read what Jim Schwartz was saying because my lord, I saw at least three f bombs in there. Um, you know, as he was after that touchdown was scored that uh, Jacoby Brissett had, and it was nice to see him uh, come back, but. Um, yeah, you know, this defense uh, certainly has, has potential. Is there anybody else who you thought put together a good defensive performance on Friday? Ronnie Hickman. I mean, he was kind of – I didn't really notice him in the Hall of Fame game, but he was really noticeable Friday night. Obviously, he played the most snaps out of any Browns defensive player with 45, and he had two interceptions. Uh, he showed – I think more ability in this game than he showed during his career at Ohio state. Now that's not taking away from his talent. He just might not have been utilized as well as he could have at Ohio state uh, with their defensive coaches. But I thought he played really well, put on some impressive tape. We've talked about it. That fourth safety spot is going to be very key. Obviously Bubba Bolden goes down with injury. They uh, waived him earlier this weekend with an injury designation because he's going to be out for some time. So now it comes down to DeAnthony Bell, who was here last year, made it as an undrafted rookie, or Ronnie Hickman. And I think it's good that we have four games because then you can really get a good sample size of everybody, especially like in terms of key depth positions to make that final judgment call when the roster crunch happens. But I thought Hickman played really well. And I also thought Diabate played as well too. And obviously we'll get to the linebacker news in a little bit, but I thought he had some great flashes. He's one of the guys that generated pressure uh, showed what he can do in terms of coverage as well. So I like what I saw out of some of these undrafted guys that, you know, usually one or two will sneak onto the roster. Um, and those two guys really stood out for me. How about you? Uh, I would say one one of the big guys, Siaki Ika, uh, I thought played well uh, the other night. And, you know, I know that defensive tackle room, and we'll, we'll talk about the addition they made, but, you know, there's a, a handful of players, you know, that need to show something, whether it's, you know, Ika, Jordan Elliott, Tristan Hill, Maurice Hurst, Tommy Togiai. Uh, Togiai, I thought, you know, played well as uh, also. So, you know, we're not sure how many of those defensive tackles they're going to keep. But, you know, to, to be a third-round rookie and, and be out there, I, I thought that, uh, you know, he 
had a, had a good performance as well. And you know, I'm right there with you on on Rodney Hickman. You know, obviously having two interceptions is big. You have to wonder if you know maybe special teams is a route uh, as well, where you know he can contribute uh, this year. Same, you know, for for DeAnthony Bell as those you know fourth and fifth guys out there for for the safety spot, depending on how many you know they want to keep. Um, and then I guess it depends on you know how many you know corners they want to keep as well. Um, but uh, you know those two guys, I, I thought you know played decently. Is there anybody? Uh, you know we'll get to the the negative side here. Is there anybody you thought uh, that didn't have a positive performance and, and hurt them? Uh, you know with uh, what they weren't able to do on Friday. I mean, it's not going to hurt him because he's, you know, obviously signed a big contract in free agency, but I didn't really wasn't impressed with what I saw at a Warren Juan Thornhill uh, did not cover very well and did not tackle very well, which I think are two key elements for him as a safety. Um, you know, I know it's preseason and he, he'll clean that stuff up. I think he will. Um, he comes from a, a place in Kansas City where, you know, Andy Reid didn't tolerate that. And I don't think. Uh, Jim Schwartz will either, but I was definitely disappointed in him. And I mean, in terms of, in terms of that, and I, that was really the only big negative I saw defensively was just, I didn't think Thornhill played that well, but obviously he didn't play that much either. He only played 16 snaps. So, you know, hopefully he does clean that up, but he, he's got to do a better job tackling because he completely whiffed uh, a couple times. And I just wasn't very uh, impressed. How about you? Was there anybody else that just stood out that was alarming to you or, uh, definitely disappointing. Well, I, I think uh, this player, you know, is going to see some reduced playing time because of a sign that they made. And, uh, you know, the very first play we talked about, you know, with Okoronko making that, that great tackle for loss, what uh, might get lost on that play is uh, Jordan Elliott getting blown off the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you go, if you go back and watch it and, you know, he, they redid his contract to, you know, uh, to that way it wasn't too terrible for him this year. But, you know, look, he's in the middle of fighting for a roster spot with all those other defensive tackles that they have. You know, we know the the two that are going to be here. It's going to be Dalvin Thompson. It's going to be uh, Shelby Harris that they signed. Uh, but the the other spots, you know, are open. Uh, and you know, these next couple uh, preseason games. Uh, these last two, you know, they're gonna have to. Sh- he's gonna have to show something if he wants to. He'll still be on the team, so we'll have to see, you know, how he responds to, uh, you know, that performance on, on Friday. Um, I, I guess the last thing we could talk about about the game uh, is the kicking position, which you know, unfortunately, we do have to talk about this. But uh, Katie York did miss another field goal. Uh, I want to say it was 45 yards, 44 yards, somewhere in that realm. Yeah, it was around that range. Uh, but, you know, he, he pushed it a, a little bit right. And, you know, Jack, uh, it, it obviously, you know, sparked another debate that you retreated what you sent out uh, last week at, uh, during the preseason game after he missed one was the uh, available uh, free agent kickers. Do we really need to be concerned about uh, Cade York or – is it the mindset of, you know, if we really shouldn't be kicking field goals, you know, if we're relying on field goals to, to win the game, you know, that's not where we want to be. Um, should we be worried about K York at this moment? 
Oh, we should definitely be worried, but I'm getting the sense that the Browns aren't worried because he's, they're not bringing anybody in. They haven't worked out anybody. They haven't, there hasn't been any connections. I mean, you definitely need to be worried. Like, yes, we don't want to be in that situation where we have to rely on him late in the game. Obviously he's shown he can do it, but at the same time, Baltimore is Justin Tucker. Cincinnati has Evan McPherson. I mean, these teams have invested in kickers to a degree to make sure that when they're in a close game, especially in the postseason, which we're hoping the Browns get back to that this year, if it comes down to it, we can trust Cade York to make a game-winning kick or a game-tying kick to potentially send it to overtime or put us in that situation. But, yeah, I think there is reason for us to be concerned. I know a lot of people are saying, well, we paid Deshaun Watson to score touchdowns. We shouldn't worry about field goals. Yes, that's true. But we should also have a reliable kicker that where if it is a close game that we need to sign somebody or to have to rely on that kicker to make those kicks in that situation. So there's definitely cause for concern. I think if he keeps missing kicks in the preseason, I will keep retweeting that list, even though, Anthony, I found out that list is inaccurate because Zane Gonzalez is not a free agent. He's in San Francisco and it's probably good for them because I watched San Francisco on Sunday uh, when I got back from Columbus and Jake Moody, who they invested a draft pick in, uh, has missed two kicks yesterday. So, yeah, they obviously have some insurance with a veteran kicker. I don't think it would hurt the Browns at this point, especially with some of the guys on the list to at least look at a veteran kicker at this point. Um, do you think that somebody, you know, our, we do have a new special teams coordinator, Bubba Ventrone. Do you think that Bubba will be able to, you know, maybe help Cade break through these uh, early season struggles? I would think so. I mean, he had Chase McLaughlin in Indy the last couple of years and Chase was obviously here and he struggled with kicking and then obviously had good success in Indy before he ultimately signed with Tampa in the off season. Now, obviously Indy has the benefit of a dome. Cleveland doesn't, but I would think Ventrone's going to try to do all he can to help Cade succeed in this role. Uh, but at the same time, I think Andrew Barry and company need to look and keep their eye on the waiver wire or whoever's available in free agency, especially when you have guys like Robbie Gold available, Ryan Suckup, Mason Crosby, guys that have done it uh, successfully in the league to keep that window open just in case York just completely uh, crumbles. Because we've seen it happen the last couple of times. Zane Gonzalez at the end of his run, Austin Seibert. He didn't last very long here either. So you got to keep that window open just in case York doesn't get it. And I think it's all mental for him at this point. I think we all know he's got the talent to make the kicks. It's just a matter of lining it up and doing it. But you got to clear whatever negativities in your head when you make that kick. So you don't make those mistakes for sure. So hopefully Kate snaps out of it. But like I said, keep that window open and keep your options open at the position as well. Yeah, it's not like, you know, you can give a pass because it was in Cleveland and it was raining. Look, he's going to have to make those in Cleveland in December and the snow and the rain and the freezing rain. You know, he's going to have to make those kicks. So, you know, there's really, you know, no excuses uh, for, you know, that that you can hand out uh, for missing a kick because it was raining out there. So uh, you, you just got to ask to turn it around. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, and, uh, you know, he could certainly be reliable. I think it's going to close out uh, the book on the game uh, that we'll discuss. Uh, we do have a couple signings to discuss. 
Uh, the Browns, uh, before the game uh, last week, I want to say it's the day before the game signed, uh, defensive tackle Shelby Harris. And then after uh, the game, I want to say it was Saturday that they signed uh, Jordan Wilkins, uh, a veteran running back. Now, Jack, you know, these two guys, you know, I, I know that uh, th- th- they could probably certainly, you know, make an impact to start. Shelby Harris probably will slide right into uh, the starting lineup uh, on that defensive line. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, uh, you know, the second running back uh, spot has been a question. You know, we all know about Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, Javorum Ford has been hurt. Uh, John Kelly didn't look great the other night. You know, Hassan Hall is a rookie. So these two guys can certainly come in here right away and, you know, potentially, you know, make an impact on this team. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Shelby Harris a couple episodes ago, or it might have been last week's episode. I can't remember because we've been doing these like one week at a time. But we we talked about what he could bring to the defensive tackle room, obviously, outside of Dalvin Tomlinson. It's all been a question mark, although you're seeing bright spots out of Maurice Hurst. Um, Tommy Togia in flashes, but Harris brings stability to that room. Now, uh, he's been great, whether it was in Denver, whether it was in Seattle, the last few years, we know he can generate pressure and get after the quarterback. So, uh, a great addition, uh, by Andrew Barry and really not very cost effective. I think he was like 3 million to sign. He could make up to over 5 million with incentives, but he was a great addition. Wilkins, he's been a backup and Indy throughout the majority of his career um, averages five yards a carry, but only I think he's only been used very uh, minimal. So you, he gives you some kind of insurance behind Nick Chubb, obviously Jerome Ford's dealing with the hamstring injury. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get out of Felton and Kelly, like you said. So it's good that they added a veteran of some sorts to the room. Um, but I don't, I think he's, probably going to be the third bank in this room if he makes the team unless Felton or Kelly really shine these last couple preseason games. But yeah, these were good additions, good depth additions to the roster. Um, we always know Andrew Barry will not stop uh, making additions to the roster. He, if he thinks it's going to benefit this team. So yeah, I liked what they did and hopefully they can make some sort of positive contribution to the Cleveland Browns this coming season. I think when you look at this defensive line now, Jack, you know, with the addition of Shelby Harris, you know, they, they got some, they got some dogs up front. Uh, that's, that's for darn sure. And, oh, definitely. you know, these guys can, can certainly, you know, make an impact. They, they could be, you know, game records. I, I feel as a whole unit together, uh, especially when you combine it with, with Jim Schwartz as well. So, you know, it's certainly, a great thing that Andrew Beard keeps on adding this talent. And look, you know, this this defense, you know, they had a very hard time stopping the run last year. And I don't think that's going to be an issue uh, this year. And we saw, albeit it was a little glimpse of it, but we saw uh, the pressure uh, that this defense, you know, can bring on a quarterback. So hopefully it could translate to the regular season. And, you know, when teams come to face the Browns, you know, they, they, they are going to have to worry about that entire front four um, and, and the whole defense as a whole, to be honest. But, you know, that front four, and, and I'll, I'll say front five and include Okoronko in there too, uh, you know, they're certainly going to have to spend a little extra time maybe maybe game planning for that. So 
it's nice to have the defense in the state it is at the moment, as long as it can translate to the regular season. Um, a little bit of injury news. We, we You mentioned Jerome Ford there. Uh, we're not sure when he's going to be back. You talked about Harrison Bryant. Uh, but the unfortunate injury uh, came into the, the linebacker room uh, where Jordan Phillips uh, suffered another pectoral tear. Uh, the Browns did place him on injury reserve, and his season is done. And it's really a shame because he worked really hard to come back from the pec injury last year um, that he had last year. And now, you know, unfortunately, he's out uh, this entire season. But, Jack, this is what we talked about quite a bit during the offseason. You know, we had him coming back from injury. We had Taki Taki coming back from injury. Uh, JOK coming back from injury. And now one of those guys where you didn't really add much in the offseason is going to be out for the whole year. Um, so this linebacker room, you know, I know it's not their prerogative to invest a whole lot in it, but now you're already down a guy who you're probably could, you know, potentially is going to be, uh, a key contributor, uh, in the linebacker room. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely a bubble guy. Um, obviously, you know, Matthew Adams was out. So this was more of an opportunity for Phillips to potentially make it and, you know, he goes down. Um, oh, breaking news real quick. The Patriots are signing Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott. So that's interesting. Um, but yeah, it really sucks for Phillips because he's been hurt every single year since he got drafted. He dealt with a knee injury his rookie year. Um, I think he was at the tour bicep before the 2021 season. So that limited him to four games. And then you mentioned the pectoral injury last year. And then again, he does it. So uh, and this is a contract year for him. So this is really going to be difficult for him to come back from because it's just another injury. Uh, we've seen guys like Andrew Luck and other guys with injuries, uh, countless injuries, retire at such a young age in their NFL career. But you got to wonder if Phillips wants to deal with the rehab process again because um, this is the fourth year in a row he's been hampered with an injury. And it and it stinks because he was a talented linebacker coming out of LSU, but yeah, you do wonder about the linebacker room now because Phillips is down. You got Adams out. And then, like you said, Walker and Taki Taki are still coming back from injury. Uh, JOK is off to a good start. He looked really good on Friday. We've got to mention that. Um, you have Kananzik, who's a special teams guy. Tony Fields, who has shown some promise in the preseason as well. But this is the opportunity for guys like Charlie Thomas uh, Muhammad Diabate and Cam Bright, guys that are undrafted free agents that we added. Um, this is their chance to make the roster now in some form, whether it's on special teams or whether they get a crack in the rotation at linebacker as well. Um, they may add somebody. Uh, that, you know, like we said, Andrew Barry never stops looking for potential positive additions to this roster. But yeah, it, it's tough for Jacob Phillips just because Stefanski said he has worked so hard to get back to this point. And then another injury like this is a tough blow to a guy that I think the Browns had high hopes for when they brought him in in 2020 and he never really got to put it to fruition. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. You just sometimes get these players who, you know, year after year, they have to deal with injury after injury and, you know, they could never, you know, maybe showcase the, the talent that they do have. So it's really, you know, disappointing that, uh, you know, he's not going to, you know, be around and, you know, we probably saw him play his last uh, football with Cleveland uh, because he is in a contract year. So that, that is disappointing. Um, 
for the for this week, uh, the Browns will play on Thursday night. Uh, they will play the Philadelphia Eagles, and that means today and tomorrow they are going to have joint practices uh, with Philadelphia. Uh, you know, the Browns have been doing this so over recent years, having uh, joint practices with different teams. They had it with the Eagles last year uh, in Berea. This year, uh, they're going to Philly for it. And, you know, this is a good opportunity for uh, this team to, you know, really face uh, some other competition, you know, the defending NSC champions, uh, you know, in practice. And uh, this will be a, a good test, I think, for the Browns to hopefully put up a good performance and show, you know, that they're, you know, ready for the season and whatnot, you know, albeit what uh, some reporters in Philadelphia want to say about, you know, practicing Cleveland uh, and, and, and things of that nature. But, you know, I, I think the this will be a very good opportunity for, you know, guys like Deshaun and, and everybody uh, to go up against some really good talent uh, on the other side. And, you know, it should be a, an intriguing thing. I wish we could see all of these practices because I think it would be fun to watch. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately we're not able to. But uh, I think it will be good for the Browns to go through these practices this, this week as they prepare uh, for the game on Thursday night. Yeah, I think this means more than anything that we'll see on Thursday. A, because Tavansky said the starters aren't playing on Thursday. None of them are. So uh, I think this is a big test because this will you'll finally get to see Anthony how do the Browns stack up against one of the elites? This is our first like real uh, test for that. I know it's practices, but you know, you're going up against the defending NFC champions, uh, our defensive line against their strong offensive line. Um, you know, our secondary against their elite receivers, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. So yeah, this is going to be a big test. Deshaun Watson against their great defense. So yeah, this is going to be interesting to watch. I see Mary Kay said that, you know, the videos that we'll see it's limited to individual drills. I'm sure the teams will post some, some footage that, so we might get a glimpse of some stuff. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a big test for the Browns. You're really going to see how they match up against the elite. One of the elite teams of the NFL, obviously they get to play, you know, the Ravens, the Bengals, the 49ers early out of the gate this year. Uh, but to see them go up against the defending NFC champions in a controlled environment, we'll get to see how good the Browns really are. And hopefully we get some honest opinionated takes from the beat reporters and not only in Cleveland, but in Philly as well, just to see how much progress the Browns have made truly uh, in the new offensive style under Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski. And how does our defense stack up against an elite offense like the Eagles? Yeah, it's a great opportunity. And, you know, you can only take, you know, from, from really these next two games, right? Cause you got uh, the Eagles this week, um, you know, in these joint practices, obviously you're probably not going to see much out of Kansas City next week uh, when, right. they, when they play them. But, you know, it's still, you know, good competition against two really good teams. Um, and, and you have to wonder, Jack, if, you know, he said the starters aren't going to play on Thursday night. You have to wonder if, uh, you know, they're going to have to play some next week because, you know, the whole, last home game still is, or the first game of the season isn't until September 10th that's right. still you know about you know 25 days away so you know you have to wonder if they're going to get any more game time or, or not uh now but uh or before then so um you know we'll see how that plays out but I, I think it'll be a good opportunity 
uh, for the Browns this week uh, to to face uh, Philly, and you know, I, I hopefully you know we see some some good reports out of uh, I know it's practice, but uh, Philly knows all about practice and those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> we uh, hopefully we hear some good reports about the the Browns and some of the things they're able to do uh, as they have a, a joint practice with the Eagles. We um, won't see it from that Elliot Shore Parks guy, who's <laughs> a whiner because he they're, they're having practice at five p.m. So we're recording this right before five p.m. So sorry, yeah. Elliot. We don't get to talk about it on the podcast. So, but we're not. We don't have sour grapes like you do, bud. Yeah, and you know it's not the the Browns who set that time. That would be the Eagles. So if you want to, yeah. bitch about something, uh, go complain to uh, the Eagles. Uh, yeah, are they a poorly run franchise, Elliot? Or are you just going to make your typical Browns jokes like the rest of the national media likes to do? I mean, for, for a while there, they, they, they weren't, uh, you know, they had plenty of quarterback problems too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know they did win the Super Bowl, but they had plenty of quarterback problems as well uh, that they had to deal with. Uh, sure did. But uh, anything else before you want to get on out of here? We, I don't, we, this came out after we recorded last week, but I forgot to mention Alex Wright, Isaiah Thomas, they're obviously out the next few weeks, both got uh, arthroscopic knee injuries, uh, surgeries, but they had knee injuries. Um, So obviously they're out for the beginning of the season. So that puts a damper on the defensive end room a little bit. But uh, like we said, this is opportunities for guys like Isaiah McGuire, who may not have gotten as much playing time early in the season. He might get some and uh, a little bit more. Obviously we've seen what he could do a little bit Friday night, but this could be a chance where Lonnie Phelps, one of the undrafted rookies that a lot of people liked. Uh, they added Charles Wiley, who's been around the league a little bit. Those guys made impacts on Friday night. So this could be an opportunity for them to make an early impact into that edge room. But yeah, it sucks to see, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Alex Wright, both second year players, both could have had increased roles this year on defense. They're going to be out at least for the start of the regular season, but hopefully they come back healthier and stronger than ever. Yeah, hopefully. And, and, you know, there could be an opportunity as well with roster cutdowns, maybe signing somebody uh, for a couple games until, uh, you know, those two guys come back as long as they, uh, you know, wish to have them there. So um, we'll we'll have to keep an eye out for that. And, you know, Jack, as we get on out here, you can always give Jack a follow on Twitter at JackMcCurry08. Uh, follow me at Anthony Jokey, J-O-K-I. Uh, the Dogland on Twitter slash X slash whatever you want to call it. Uh, at the Dogland, same handle also on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, with all that, we're gonna get on out of here. Uh, are we gonna do post game Thursday night, or maybe a show on Friday? We'll talk about it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure. There'll it out. be a post game show this week. Don't. Oh, worry. okay. All right. Yeah. Whether it be Thursday or Friday, we'll we'll figure that out. Um, but with all that, we are going to get on and out of here. And remember, most importantly, go Browns. <laughs>